The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour of today's Homeowner Radio. Danny Lipford here along with my co-host, Joe Truini. And during this hour, we've got another question about that special homemade weed killer. Everybody loves it. We're going to share it with you again and answer a couple questions about it. Also, settling concrete stairs. Is there really anything you can do? We've got a problem down in New Orleans we're going to try to figure out for a homeowner. Also, we have some strange dark lines on drywall. What could that be? There's several things we're going to mention to a homeowner to see if we can help them get to the root of that problem. Also, garage storage tips and a whole lot more, a lot of emails. And of course, what about that simple solution you have ready for us in just a little bit, Joe? All right, Danny, I have a quick tip on how to convert a milk crate. You know those plastic milk crates Mm -hmm, you can buy pretty much anywhere? How to make one into a child's seat with storage. Oh, there you go. That sounds fun. That sounds yeah. fun. I, I look forward to that and uh, look forward to sharing a lot of information with you throughout this hour of today's Homeowner Radio. Hey, you can reach out to us with any challenge you might be having around your home and give us a call, 800-946-4420, or you can go to todayshomeowner.com slash ask and ask any question you might have. we got some great recorded calls this week, so let's grab a few of them right now from the hotline. I tried to get my back door repaired, but cannot because my house is made of stucco. My question is, is there any way I can get this door repaired? Because I've called several vendors and none of them will work with stucco. Thank you. That's unusual, right? Well, don't give up on it, and and it depends on exactly what's taking place with it. The problem a lot of times, if you have a window or a door surrounded by stucco, people don't want to risk chipping the stucco because of the difficulty in matching up the texture and the color on it. It can be done, but it's very hard to to have someone, you know, take care of that when they're taking care of the door. But it can be done, and there's a lot of ways that an experienced remodeling contractor has dealt with this issue. A lot of times you can put in a little extra piece of trim that actually makes the door look even better without having to even get into the stucco. Of course, there's a lot of stucco repair products out there, several of them by Quickrete, um, but all of them would require you to touch up the paint afterwards, which may require you to paint that section of the wall, um, you know, to match up the adjacent areas. But it can be done. Don't give up. Just keep calling a few remodeling contractors to help you on that. Let's grab another call. Yeah, you guys are great. Been listening to you for quite a few years. In any case, uh, you just talked about this weed killer. Very interested. Does it kill grass? That's my question. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, Joe, um, this is one that has stirred up a lot of interest over the years. Yes. And, and uh, actually, with my gravel driveway, which will be concrete hopefully soon, um, I have used this uh, a formula considerably because I just I just can't stand spraying 
those chemicals these days and yes. all the bad yeah. things you're hearing about it. But I think it's worthwhile for us to repeat the formula and then answer his question in terms of what about the grass? Yeah, well, the way he says, does it kill grass? I'm not sure if he wants to kill the grass or he wants to make sure he doesn't. I assume he <laughs> doesn't want to kill the grass. Either way, yes, it probably would kill the grass. Um, yeah, the formula he's talking about was a simple solution I shared a couple of weeks ago for making a non-toxic weed killer. And you mix together a one gallon of white vinegar, two cups of Epsom salt, and a quarter cup of Dawn dish soap. And you pour it into a garden sprayer, you pump it up and you spray it on the weeds. Now, um, and the reason this works is, of course, that the vinegar and the salt combination will, will kill the weed and the Dawn just helps it stick so it lasts longer. Um, now, will it kill grass? Yeah, I'm assuming. I've never sprayed it on the grass. I've looked that closely at it. I know I've sprayed it on weeds near the grass. Um, if you if you adjust the tip, you can prevent some of the overspray. Um, so if the question is, will this kill the grass? Yeah, it probably will. But you're not you're not, it's not like a crop duster, right? You're not going over your whole property. You just, <laughs> it's for like spot killing weeds. And I, I shared another simple solution, Danny, on if you put a small funnel over the spray tip of a garden sprayer, that can help control the overspray. And you put mm -hmm. the funnel almost right on top of the weed and you give it a squirt. This way it's not, in case it's windy or something, it's not mm -hmm. spraying all over the place. That's a good idea. Boy, you were saying crop duster like that made me think of, I wonder if they're starting to use drones oh, for that's right. fertilize application. I mean, they're using it, you know, uh, that's a great um, fishing trip I would love for you and I to What's do that? is where they, you, you go out on the beach, right. you hook your line to the drone, it takes it out about 100 or 150 feet or whatever, and you can release it anytime you oh. want. So instead of casting, yeah. your, dr your drone casting. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say that the drone goes out with the lure and lowers it and flies the fish back. I thought, well, what no, happens no, if no, you catch the... a big fish if they kiss your drone goodbye? Yeah. Of course, we'll have to take Brad along to, to fly the drone for us. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, he also could clean the fish. Hey, think about it. <laughs> think about that. He flies the drone. We bring the fish right. in. He cleans the fish. And you and I just eat it. just take eat it the, easy and relax. Does he cook and eat the fish? I think he he probably he probably cooks too, and he, and ch he can chill the wine properly. I mean, we got <laughs> something going on here, but we better go back to the hotline and grab okay. another, another call right now. My question is about black mold that may have leaked in around the ceiling from an overflow from uh, east out or in bathrooms, and I would like to know the proper way to take care of it safely and dispose of it. All right. Well, fair question and does happen good bit. Any any kind of um, mold or mildew you have inside your home, there's a very various ways to take care of it. People tend to go straight for the chlorine bleach. And yes, it can be very effective to mix it with water and take care of it, but it can also certainly mess up a lot of good clothes yeah. and it's just sometimes is not necessary. What you can use, and after Hurricane Katrina, they certainly found that bleach was good to get rid of the mold, but it'll come right back. You need an antimicrobial spray. One of the brands that I'm familiar with is Concrobium with a C. Concrobium is right on the shelves of Home Depot. This will take care of it, but it'll also have a residual effect that will keep fighting any of the mold and mildew. But of course, Joe, as we always say, like in many of the acute mildew issues in bathrooms, you got to figure out what's causing that That's mold. Exactly right. And if it was an incident where water came in, seeped down, and it you know became moldy, okay, that's one thing. But if it's an ongoing problem, you can make it look good now. It'll be back in a month or so. So that has to be taken Yeah, exactly. Care. If it was a leaky pipe and the pipe was fixed, then we know, okay, we controlled the moisture. And the reason that 
people stop using chlorine bleach is that it does work immediately, but it evaporates so quickly that the spores that are deep into the surface don't get killed and they grow back. So, yeah, so unless you eliminate the problem, you know, if it's an attic above there, go in there, check. And a lot of times people will fix a leaky pipe and not realize the insulation is damp. And if that ins- mm-hmm. wet, damp, wet, damp insulation is sitting on a surface, it's going to continue to mold. So, yeah, definitely check the problem. And once you solve the problem, make sure no surface behind there is wet. Hey, we've gotten a lot of great recorded calls and also a lot of great emails. Today's homeowner.com slash ask is where you can go. That's what Kim in Ohio did. She wrote in, I have a ceramic tile floor in my kitchen and dining room area. It's old and ugly. My husband says it's way too much work and way too expensive to replace it. Any ideas? Thanks so much for all your many years of helping homeowners. Can you get another husband? Maybe get another husband. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's the problem. Well, I thought she... I, I, I thought she was talking about her husband. She says, it's old and ugly. I I, I mean, I'm thinking the floor, but I'm not sure we're in the middle of something here. But let's assume it's the ceramic floor. Well, um, there's certainly a lot of things you can do. Um, Installing a ceramic floor or other types of floor over an existing ceramic tile floor, if it's in good shape, can be done. Your, Your challenges there is that it does increase the height of the floor, which could be problematic on dishwashers, doors ways, trip hazards, anything along those lines. But um, you can very successfully um, apply a compound over the leveling compound to smooth out and make a nice smooth surface. Uh, You can go to custombuildingproducts.com and see the step-by-step on how to do that. But don't discount um, going ahead, and the very best way, in my opinion, is go ahead and remove everything, get back down to the main subfloor, make sure it's in good shape, and go with a new floor there. Removing the floor might not be as hard as you think, and keep in mind the Home Depot Rental Center has some excellent tools to help you make that a little bit easier. Hey, we're just getting started on this hour of today's Home on the Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here, along with my co-host Joe Truini, and we're so appreciative of all of the wonderful radio stations all over the country that air Today's Homeowner Radio, including this one in Salem, Indiana, WSLMAN1220. Hello to everybody there, and we want to hear from you. Send us an email right now, todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or head over to the Today's Homeowner hotline, 800 946 4420. That's where we find Margot from New Orleans. Uh, Margot, welcome to the show. Love your name. And tell us uh, what's going on at your house. I have uh, cement steps that lead to, to my upstairs, and they are separating. They drop from like a 6-inch to 11-inch. So they ha- I have like a 5-inch gap in between. The steps are hollow, so I can't just pour. Well, I could pour a whole bunch of cement in there. I don't know. But I'm wondering if there's a way to fix that. Also, the sides show the crack where where the steps are separating, and that's also 
hollow, so I can't get behind it and, and put a board or something and then cement. So I was wondering if there's some way that I can fix this without having to repour the whole stairs. Well, I'll tell you, I did see the um, I did see the photos of it and everything, and it's it's um it's a pretty dangerous situation. It appears I'm really not sure how those upper stairs are even staying there. Um, it is possible, and this would be something you really need a professional concrete finisher to, to look at. It's possible you could remove that lower section of bricks form it up, and then pour concrete in there. The problem is it's just not going to look that good, and it's also going to be questionable as to whether or not you'll be able to pour concrete and get it. It really have to be a, a pretty uh, well-versed concrete man to know how to do this, but to pour it to where the concrete pours up to uh, support everything. Um, I, uh, now, is this on the front of your house? It is. Yeah, I would, Margo, I would really consider, um, I hate to even say it, but to replace those stairs because I think no matter what you do, you're still going to have an eyesore, though it might make it safe. I just think that it's going to take away from the look of your house. And I know that's not what you want to hear to incur that kind of cost. Right. But, um, you know, and, and, and I, I know this might sound crazy, but a set, of, an attractive set of wooden stairs, pressure-treated wooden stairs, might not be a bad way to go. Um, it's a little more warm and friendly look than stark concrete. Um, but, um, you know, and you could go ahead and do the handrails and everything. It just kind of makes it a little cozier as people come up to your house because I'm afraid that it's going to be very hard to support that type of weight with anything that you can do underneath. And as I mentioned, the aesthetic aspect of it is also something you have to consider. Right. And now when you say replace the stairs, could I save the top deck? Could I save that and just tear out the stairs? Or not me personally, but would that be uh, an option? Uh, I think it'd be very hard since, um, you know, since the stairs just um, are not long enough to provide a safe transition from the ground to the inside the house. I think it all needs to be one complete section. And, um, you know, a good carpenter can uh, probably chip away those those things pretty quickly, build the new stairs out of treated wood. You might even want to stain them after they've been there for three or four months. And I just mm -hmm. think it'll make the front of the house look a lot better. And it would be pretty much a permanent solution that you don't have to worry about any collapse of those stairs, which is something I would be concerned about right now. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Wish we could have a little better news on that one, but uh, uh, we, sh we sure want you to be safe, and I appreciate you being a part of the show. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Yeah, we hate, we hate to give them that kind of situation, but boy, that's, uh, you know, those precast steps of, I never liked them. I mean, I've used right. them from time to time when someone wanted them, but they, they just they just don't look, uh, I don't know, I like the word cozy and welcoming. They just right. don't give you that feel at all. Well, they are concrete, so they're not going to be cozy looking. But, yeah, that's the other option, precast concrete. They pour a footing, they set it right in place, and it's brand new. But, yeah, I agree with you. This whole thing's got to come out. Unfortunately, it's pulling way off the house. Two of the bottom steps look like they've been replaced already with brick. And, you know, what you could do, though, is, I mean, if they discover this is from water damage from whatever, hurricane, or just run off from the road or whatever, she might get the homeowner's insurance to pay for well, part of this. Well, that's true. That's true. Right? So that would, because this would not, it's not going to be a cheap repair, I don't think.
Mm-hmm. Hey, Joe, you know, over this uh, last month or so, when I'm talking about uh, uh, headed into retirement a little bit, people yeah. um, have been asking me lots and lots of questions about certain things and all kinds of little stories started flooding back, not not to get sappy or or too much on the, the throwback uh, scenario or anything. But uh, but but I do remember one time um, I was um, I was doing a segment, uh, you know, I used to do the early show all the time. I, I did the CBS early show for about 11 years. Wow. Uh, yeah. I replace Bob Vila as a CBS home improvement expert. And uh, so it was kind of cool. And, um, you know, when I started with the early show, um, you know, I'd fly up there every couple of weeks, I would do segments. And, I, you know, at the time, Bryant Gumbel and Jane Clayson were the two um, hosts for the show. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to, you know, get the show's ratings up more and more because they've always been very competitive with Good Morning America and the Today Show and such. So um, Bryant was brought in uh, to, to much uh, acclaim because he, you know, was a, a big broadcaster. Right. And, um, and so Bryant was um, was there, you know, um, doing a lot of the segments. Well, I had not done a segment with him yet. I did a lot of segments with other people. Well, his assistant came over to me and said, uh, I remember it was a Friday afternoon, Friday morning, actually. And he said, uh, hey, um, Bryant would like to do a segment with you, and he wants to meet meet you, and then maybe next time you're up, they all can do a segment. I said, sure. He's, he said, well, after he does a segment out on the plaza, because he would do this on thing on Friday where he would have a chef, they would usually do some kind of grilling or something. Right. And Brian yeah. loved cooking and doing this kind of thing. He really loved that part of it. He had his own little apron that they always had nicely starched and really pretty for him and all of that. But the, the producer said something to me that was kind of odd. She said... When you meet Bryant, please don't say anything about his recent weight gain. I went, what? I said, First of all, why would you say that? Bryant, nice to meet you. you, Are you getting fat? But what did that do? That put it right in my head, didn't it? So, okay. So, so three or four minutes later, oh, I see no. they finish the segment. They turn. Here comes him and his entourage into the studio. They're right on Fifth Avenue and 59th and came, came right, right in over to me and... Hi, Danny. I'm Bryant Gumbel. Hi, Bryant. Very nice to meet you. Bryant says, well, Danny, I really uh, don't know um, much about even which end of the hammer to hold. Right out of my mouth said, well, it looks like you know your way around the food table pretty well. (laughs) What I meant was that he was comfortable in the environment that he just came from. Well, everybody else in the studio thought I was saying, you big fat dude, you've been around the table too long. (laughs) Well, fortunately... Bryant didn't uh, take it that way, and he, right. he and I became good friends over the years, and uh, he had a terrible <laughs> bout with uh, cancer. They lost a lot of weight, and everybody was really worried about him. I ran yeah. into him a number of times there on the Upper East Side and talked with him a little bit, and he's a good guy, hard worker, um, solid professional, and but he doesn't know much about um, home improvement, even though we went on to do many, many other um, segments like that. We're, we're about to start posting some of those old clips oh, like that um, on our um, today's homeowner Facebook page, so you may want to join in because uh, some of them are pretty hilarious. Do you remember the first segment you did with Brian? Uh, I don't remember the first one I did with him. I yeah. remember the first one I did on the show was about how to choose an air conditioner, and I went on to do segments with people from Tom Bergeron to Jim Nance to 
uh, Drew Carey, Harry Smith, Julie Harry Chen. Smith was there a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's over with the Today Show now. So I, re I ran into him a time or two and him doing segments around uh, uh, Times Square and that kind of thing. But anyway, a lot of great memories there and a, a lot of really, really funny things that have happened over the years that uh, I thought, what the heck, I'll share a few of those sure. stories um, as we move along uh, talking, you know, and it's all kind of related to, to home improvement. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about some strange dark lines on some drywall seams. What could be causing that? A lot of times, mold and mildew will come into your house in some strange ways. This might be something a little bit different. We're going to explore that, and a little bit later, we're going to talk about getting that garage in shape a little bit more, and a lot of the things that are available at Home Depot right now that can help you have the most organized garage in the neighborhood. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. To today's homeowner radio. Here are Danny and Joe. Hey, always so glad to be with you each and every week. Joe and I have a lot of fun. He and I have been friends for uh, oh, about 25 years, and this is an yes, opportunity right. for us to get together and talk about something we like to talk about, and that's uh, home improvement and helping you out any way we can. If you've got a little challenge, go ahead and reach out to us. Today's homeowner.com slash ask is where you can send their emails or pick up the phone and call 800 946 4420. That's what Christy from uh, Michigan did. Uh, Christy, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on at your house. Hi. Um, so I have got 20 foot ceilings in my living room and I noticed a couple months ago I on my ceiling that I'm getting some shadowing and it looks like it's probably on the, the floor joist, or not the floor joist, but the two bay forest. And it's, it's grain and it's traveling across my ceiling and it's actually going down the wall where my above my gas fireplace is. And I'm just wondering what could be causing that. Is this a flat ceiling? Is this cathedral, Christy? It is flat. Wow. 20-foot flat ceiling. Wow. Okay. Well, I do have an attic above it. And, Good. Um, yeah. That is not flat. And there's a bunch of insulation there. So could Good. the insulation be causing it? Well, um, it's possible, you know, the first thing you think about is any type of moisture issue. Um, now, are, are these like real uniform lines, um, like they might be following the seams of the drywall? Is that what it's looking like, or is it splotchy? Yeah. Okay, so you it know, is following. It is going straight across, but there are some um, more dark spots um, when you travel along. But for the most part, it does look like it is going like on the seam. And I do mm -hmm. have a textured ceiling as well. Okay. Oh. Okay. Mm. Um, well, th there's a number of things. This is a tricky one because um, it, it, there's so many different ways that it could be one way, uh, especially since you live, um, you know, in a pretty cold climate, the expansion and contraction of building materials is pretty significant. You're going to have, you know, those very, very cold mornings, warm afternoons, things are moving, expanding, contracting, and that actually can cause a little crack, even if the drywall tape itself does not crack, it can still cause a little bit of space there that'll allow moisture from the attic to kind of work its way through. And basically, you're just seeing um, through the tape and you're seeing these black lines. Now, I know that sounds kind of abstract, but that does that does happen. 
Um, and uh, Joe, do you think there's any um, chance that this could be actually on the ceiling surface itself? I mean, 20 foot up in the air is not yeah, an easy no. one to just jump up there and try to scrub it off a little bit. But uh, what, what else do you think that Christy might be dealing with here? Yeah, I agree with Danny. This is a bit of a mystery, especially since we're not there and we can't see it for ourselves. Um, now, you said it has a textured ceiling. It's not popcorn, but it's like maybe a sand textured or something like that. Do you know what the what the texture is itself? Yeah, it's not popcorn. It's kind right. of got like a like a mm, like a mitt print on it. Right. Like okay. they try to make it look pretty. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, because sometimes I don't like when, it. <laughs> yeah, and it's twenty feet in the air. Um, sometimes when contractors are putting on a textured surface on a ceiling, they don't go out of their way to to put joint compound on all the seams as well as they should because they figure, well, we'll put one or two coats if it's not completely covering its fines get textured anyway. Well, that will sometimes those seams can work through, and if. If this was a flat ceiling with no texture and those seams, those drywall seams separate just a little bit, it creates a, a microscopic ridge that collects dust and dirt. Now, in this case, without seeing it, I'm not sure if that's the reason because you do have a texture over it. So maybe that would hide any separation. Um, unfortunately, I'm not, if it's just dust or dirt, you'd have to get up there with a vacuum somehow and, and see. If you could get up there with a somehow with a vacuum and just see if you can vacuum it off, then you know it's just dust that's collecting. Um, and you might be able to inspect it to see if there's a seam that's that's being separated. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure what else to tell you, Christy, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. And maybe I'll just have, maybe it could be, I did have a roof put on not too long ago. So maybe, I mean, maybe it could be some water that's getting on the insulation, maybe causing. Well, some... if you can get up into your attic, you can definitely check to see if there's any moisture in there and in, in, in the insulation, you know, see if it's damp at all, which it should not be, of course. Right. Okay. I'm sorry we don't have a quick fix for you. <laughs> okay, yeah. no problem. Yeah, a little more definite answer there for you, but I certainly yeah. uh, hope um, that you're able to find a resolution for it. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time and happy retirement. <laughs> Thank you very much, Christy. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. I might go nuts, but I'm gonna give it a try. So. Okay. All right. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Have a great weekend. Dan, Danny's either gonna go nuts or drive his wife nuts. One of the yeah. Other. Well, that's <laughs> already the wife. That's already that's, right, that's already happening. She says you go. You need more hobbies. When, when have you ever heard a wife tell you you need more hobbies? Uh, she says a, a good day for golf, dear. <laughs> Why are you still in the house? Yeah. It's 9 hey, a.m. Hey, let's grab us an email here. We got some okay. great emails. Lo appreciate you guys sending this in. This came in from Springfield, uh, Massachusetts. Cheryl asked, we're adding crown molding to our dining room, which has a white ceiling and soft yellow walls. What color should we paint the crown molding? I'm not sure if it's supposed to match the walls or the ceiling. Well, you can just about do anything you want on there, but I can tell you, uh, Cheryl, what's traditional. Traditional is to have a flat white ceiling and then a color on the walls and then the trim uh, probably the most common is a just a plain white a semi-gloss white that kind of highlights everything and your crown molding would normally match your base molding and the casing molding around your doors um, that that's one way to do it but uh, nowadays people are trying all kinds of adventurous things so I mean you I've seen black crown molding I've seen purple crown molding and I've also seen slight variations of the wall color to take the wall color and darken it just slightly with the semi-gloss finish 
on the crown molding, that looks pretty good as well. But I'll, I'll tell you what, Joe, I've always been a fan of crown molding. Uh, it's right. fairly easy to install if you know the few little tricks that's required to it. But that can enhance just about any room in the house. Oh, absolutely. If you've ever seen a, one of these home improvement shows where they're talking about um, buying and selling homes, people walk in, what's the first thing they say? Oh, I love the crown molding. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's, uh-huh. a, it's a selling feature. And Danny's right. Crown molding typically is painted to match the ceiling, and it's typically white. And the reason they start doing that is it creates a very fluid, even transition from the wall to the ceiling. But, yeah, these days they paint them contrasting colors, complementary colors. Sometimes they paint it to match the trim in the house, regardless of what the walls or the ceiling are. You're talking about some of those home improvement shows one a long time ago that, you know, they try to push the limits and do things that are not necessarily practical, like putting aluminum foil over the crown molding, and then painting it with a clear lacquer. Now, doesn't that really sound really attractive? <laughs> why Man. would you do that? Now, why would you do that? That's exactly what I thought. Well, we try to keep things practical and realistic, and that's why so many people listen to today's Homeowner Radio. We appreciate it. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lifford here, and it's time to get in the old truck and drive around the corner and get in the aisles of the Home Depot with our friend Danny Watson. And Danny, I know we're talking about garages um, right now. And uh, you, you know that we, we've done a lot of episodes on today's homeowner television show about garage reorganization, you know, decluttering and so forth. And, and that's really the start where homeowners really have to decide that they have to part with some items they've just held on too long and kind of clear the clutter a little bit. You're right. It's kind of hard to let some of that go, but you know what? In the end, you feel great when you get all organized. And whether you're seeking to create, you know, an organized storage space or a functional workshop, look, Home Depot has you covered with garage storage cabinets, and we've got them available in both freestanding and wall-hanging units. You know, one of the things you want to consider is the weight of what you're storing. And, you know, also, if you look, if you're looking to maximize your storage available space, then also think about vertically, you know, hooks and things like that will also allow you to use all the space you have available. Yeah, as much as you can get off that floor, the the better. And there's so much space that you can store things. And uh, there's so many manufacturers that are making even lawnmowers that you can store vertically. So Absolutely. that can uh, kind of open up. Might even uh, you know be such a success that you could actually park a car in there. Wouldn't that be a novelty? You know, another thing that has changed a lot, garage door openers. You know, you might look up at that garage door opener and, and that thing is, is whining and popping and cracking and might be time to replace that. And boy, the Wi-Fi-enabled garage door openers are fantastic. When I first thought about that, I said, ah, another gimmick. But then when I had a call from someone that needed to get in my house, and I was in what they needed was in the garage, actually. Uh, it was a person that was doing some work on my air conditioning, left some tools there. I was 30 minutes away. I just went on my app, opened the garage door. They went in, got what they want, and I closed it behind it. That is more than just a novelty when you can get a, a real dependable garage door opener that will also allow you to do that. 
that. You know, and also if you have a really loud one, I mean, there's nothing more uh, frustrating if you've got a real loud garage door opening every day. You know, and we, we, we paint our houses and we change out the windows, but we don't always think about upgrading our garage door and garage door opener. Uh, so just keep in mind, we install those. So if you don't want to tackle it yourself, we can come out and take care of it for you. And also, if you're you're looking around and realize that garage door is just not what you want, um, and 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 so many times the garage door has a lot to do with the influence of your curb appeal, because so many um, garages face the street. So the Home Depot Home Services also offer garage door installation with a wide variety of different garage doors. Absolutely, yeah. Just give us a call. I will send someone out and uh, look at your options and get that old garage door changed out. Yeah, it's just one of those places in your house that you could probably utilize a lot better than you're utilizing it and make it a little bit nicer, park the cars in there to protect the cars, have all of your stuff readily available there. But again, it always starts with maybe donating some things or selling a few things online just so that you can declutter everything. Danny Watson, thanks so much for these great garage tips in the aisles here at Home Depot. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, is there anything better than decluttering a garage? I mean, when you clean out a closet, that's one thing. But when you get a garage cleaned out and you can park in it, you know, there's absolutely nothing better than that. Especially the first time you pull up to your house and you open a door and you see that nice, clean garage. Very gratifying. You go, whoa, there's a floor in there. Yeah, that's what you do. That's what happens a lot of times. Hey, let's grab another email here All from right. Jackie in Atlanta. My elderly parents have a home in Atlanta that's about 60 years old. In the crawl space is the original gas furnace with grates in the floor. The unit has not worked for the past couple of years. They currently use space heaters to stay warm. What is the least expensive route they can take? to have the system completely replaced so they'll be able to stay warm during the winter months. Well, um, space heaters is not the way to go. Um, right, to use exactly. a space heater to supplement things a little bit. What I would consider is a traditional forced air furnace, the most traditional system that you have um, that has all of the duct work that you need, and they can position that under the house, in a closet, in the attic, a lot of different options there. And also, the mini split systems have made a big, big state in the United States over the last five or six years. That's something else that might be considered. That's a very easy installation, still provides heat, air conditioning, and um, is fairly easy to install in just about any home. But uh, get a good uh, experienced residential heating and cooling contractor out there to make some recommendations. It's a situation that they've encountered quite a bit in removing those um, systems in the floor. Uh, the key then is uh, the best thing is if you have hardwood floor Go ahead and get that hardwood floor laced in, sanded, and matched. I see other people will put plywood there and put a throw rug on it. That's not the end of the world and much less expensive. But either way, make sure your parents are going to be um, nice and warm during the winter months. That'll be here before you know it. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, it's Simple Solution Time. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Fluid Master. Find out more at shop.fluidmaster.com. Hey, so glad you're able to spend some of your busy weekend with Joe and I here on today's Homeowner Radio. Well, we have a great uh, little piece of information for you here, and that's our simple solution. What do you have for us, Joe? 
All right, Danny, here's a simple solution. It's actually a fun little project and a simple solution in one. It's how to convert a plastic milk crate into a child seat with storage. Here's what you do. And, these, and we're talking about those plastic crates that you can get. You know, they're not really milk crates anymore, I guess. You can buy them at any hardware store or home center. What you want to do is cut a square of plywood, half-inch plywood or thicker, slightly larger than the crate itself. So it just overhangs the top of the crate by like a quarter inch or so on all sides. Then set a piece of two-and-a-half-inch thick foam rubber on top of the plywood and wrap it in a canvas drop cloth. Now, you could use any kind of fabric, but I found the canvas... It's very durable. You can have kids playing with this, and right? So it's going to be very durable. It's very affordable. You get any home center or hardware store. And you wrap it in the canvas, and then you staple it to the underside of the plywood to create a seat cushion. And what you want to do is cut some wooden cleats and attach them to the underside of this plywood piece, just so the seat doesn't slide off. And you set it on top. And now the child has a place to sit, and if you pop off the cushion, there's a place to store toys and books and stuff like that inside. So it might help keep their room a little more neatly organized. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a great way of doing that. I'll tell you, when you have a, a box like that, especially if you can get the kids regimented to, you know, right. before you go to sleep, before you leave, whatever, put everything back in the box, that does make it pretty easy to keep things a little more clutter-free around the house. Yeah. And you can get, you know, if you have more than one child, obviously you make a couple of these. And I was even thinking, I didn't show this in the first simple solution, but if you screw two of them together, you can make a little bench seat. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, obviously you'd use a rectangular piece of plywood and you'd have a longer seat cushion. This way two kids could sit on it at the same time. Oh, that sounds great. Well, you can go to todayshomeowner.com and check out all of the simple solutions. Also, don't forget about the Today's Homeowner YouTube channel. We're about to really load that up with a lot of pieces that we've done over the years that are really good uh, libraries of different things to do around your home. So again, make sure you subscribe to the Today's Homeowner YouTube channel. And of course, uh, make sure you join us on Facebook. A lot of information constantly being added there. Also, why don't while you're on the internet, go to todayshomeowner.com com slash stream and you can see right now where you can see over 600 episodes of the today's homeowner television show as well as many of the videos that chelsea at checking in with chelsea has created so there's a lot of information for you that's still there and even though our television show is no longer broadcasting um, on television it's because we're focusing on all of the many platforms and actually uh, within the next six months um, today homeowner will be seen in over 40 countries all over the world. So yes, that's the way it is these days with the internet. They were able to get out there and um, and, and Joe, I would imagine um, it's probably pretty entertaining to uh, some people and to <laughs> see how we do things because that's in some right. parts it's all so uh, masonry and bricks and blocks and stucco right. and you know we have I think a little more character in a lot of our architecture. We certainly do because we have stone concrete and wood. Yeah, you travel through Europe and you often see very little wood. And of course, that's because you know, most of these countries were around, you know, 500 years before the U.S. was and stone was everywhere and, and wasn't much wood. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing when you start getting, I remember we used to get um, emails from Australia pretty regularly. Uh -huh. That's right. You know, it was uh -huh. like, you know, they, they, and sometimes the terminology is different, but uh, everyone, ha everyone who's a homeowner has a question about their house. So we're here to help.
Well, we get a lot of um, emails also from Canada. Um, we have our television show and yeah. um, different radio as well as the streaming platforms all over there as well as British Columbia. So we welcome everybody. If they would like to reach out to us, 800-946-4420 or todayshomeowner.com slash ask if you'd like to send us an email. Well, that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. I'm Danny Lipford along with my buddy Joe Truini and our great producer, engineer Scott Gardner and Brad Rogers. And uh, that pretty much wraps up today's Homeowner Radio for this week. We'll see you next week.